The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Everybody, welcome to the Rotoroll Football Show. I am Patrick Darty, joined today by Mr. Denny Carter. There is unfortunately a lot of news: injuries to Justin Jefferson and Devin Achan, two of the single most important fantasy players of the 2023 season. One we knew going in, one we knew almost nothing about going in, but equally impactful. We will break down a Monday Night Football game that was a little hard on the eyes. Yeah. Um, never good when uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is the best quarterback in the game. Yikes. Um, yeah, that was a bit of a yikes. Uh, other Surely there's other news. Uh, let me see here. <laughs> John Taylor, the Bengals being back. James Conner, unfortunately, being out. Anthony Richardson, unfortunately, being out. We'll get to all that in a minute. But, Denny, Man. I don't know if you heard the real big news this yeah. week. It's that um, a new Daniel Snyder just dropped. <laughs> and uh, and uh, we already had our suspicions about Panthers owner David Tepper. But Frank Reich basically came out in a Monday press conference and was like, yeah, he's Daniel Snyder. Yeah. And he's like, it's good. He's like, actually, that's good. (laughs) And then he kept explaining why it was very bad. And yeah, he was basically saying, help me. And was blinking in Morse code. That's, you know, you took the words right out of my mouth. If you watch the tape back uh, and you know Morse code, you know what Frank Reich was saying is, please help SOS. That's what he said, SOS over and over. But yeah, he was. He was saying, is it fun? No. I mean, literally, he said He that. literally, quite yeah. literally said that. He, he's, is it fun? No. Like, are we having a good time? Absolutely not. Is it good? It is good. It's great, actually. <laughs> <laughs> it might sound like Denny is joking. That actually is what Frank Reich said. Wow. Like, he's like, it sucks, but it's amazing. <laughs> Man, it's just it's the best time I've ever had in professional football. And sure, my life's in living hell. And I'm literally not allowed to sleep. Wakes me up every morning at 3 a.m. And to ask me to trade another first round pick, but I love it. Right, right. That's just yeah. that's to me. He says he loves when David Tepper calls him at 3 a.m. and says, how much do you like Bryce Young on a scale of 1 to 10? <laughs> and Denny, uh, due to multiple restraining orders, is not allowed to mention Bryce Young beyond the context of the news. That's right. That was the, the loan Bryce Young mentioned Denny's going to be. I'm just a little shocked that the, the owner who hired a coach because it used to be a short order cook is turning out to be a poor owner. You know, that is something 
Something that I, I often hearken back to was that David Tepper said, hey, I, I, I hired Matt Rule, and you may the Zoomers may not have heard Matt Rule. He was the coach of the Panthers. <laughs> the Zoomers have never heard of the University of Nebraska. Okay, so um, Matt Rule had some good years in, in college uh, at Baylor and Rutgers, right? And uh, then Temple. 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 Uh, Temple and Rutgers are the same thing to me. Sorry. They're actually quite different, but continue. Sorry, folks. Uh, uh, and, uh, and, but he said, Hey, I ordered, uh, I mean, I ordered, <laughs> I, I, ordered I hired, a patty melt. I ordered rule because we were both short order cooks and we're both bad dressers. And I'm not making this up. This yeah. is not, Again, I'm not, not even paraphrasing. No, yeah, you, you, you're truly not even paraphrasing. <laughs> that was like almost word for word. The quote, I was like, Oh, okay. And, uh, okay. apparently beating around multiple bushes here, it seems like, David Tepper ordered the Bryce Young code red and not that he was the only person who thought Bryce Young should have gone first in the draft and not that Bryce Young is already a bust despite what some people yeah, might have you believe. Well, I'm not going to name names. I'm actually legally not allowed to name the name Craig Dennis Carter. When he's <laughs> playing, uh, Bryce Young, but it seems like, yeah, the Panthers, they're already on maximum tilt. And let's just they say are. they need Bryce Young to show some improvement for the end of the season. Cause they are I on think max, it, I, max tilt. I think it would be less, tilting for the Panthers if C.J. Stroud hadn't been so spectacular over his first well, month. Someone resurfaced a tweet. I believe it was our own Zach Kruger. Yeah. But like the, the Panthers sent like every employee in the franchise to like C.J. Stroud's pro day or something, or it was an Ohio State game. Like they were clearly all in on C.J. Stroud until David Tepper found out that Bryce Young used to be a short order cook. I think that 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 contingency included David Tepper and his wife. So he went to see CJ Stroud. He must have liked something. And it'd be one of those billionaire things. I didn't like the way he shook my wife's hand. Oh that's my when gosh. I knew we couldn't draft him. Yeah. And, and, you know, Bryce Young, you know, actually, I'm not allowed legally. Clarence Thomas told me I can't talk about Bryce Young. So I, I will not. You cannot. Yep. That has been run up multiple flagpoles. Um, but first, we got to get you a little news. NBA training camps start soon. And here is your chance to get an assist with your fantasy draft. With the Roto World Basketball Draft Guide, visit NBCSports.com. Use the promo code Hoops23 at checkout to score a 20% discount, a $10 e-gift card to Fanatics, and free season-long tools with your draft guide purchase. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Really, really good stuff from Raphael and the gang. Yeah, I need I need to get in on that, folks, because I'm 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 a thought leader. I'm an NBA thought leader. You are an NBA and thought I'm, leader. I'm ready to get uh, into it. Enough about short order cooks. Enough about David Tepper. Uh, really, really big news. Justin Jefferson on injured reserve with a hamstring injury. 
He's out at least four games and a lot of fallout here, but that's just where we will start with the at least four games because the Vikings season's kind of already in the toilet. Justin Jefferson and the Vikings had somewhat acrimonious contract talks over the summer and almost instantly after he was placed in IR, the national media, the most national of media, and ESPN's Adam Schefter basically stoked the fires that Justin Jefferson might be comfortable sitting out a little longer than four games because he's not happy about the contract not happy about the season. And here was the Schefter tweet, which not to like, uh, not, not to like put words in Schefter's mouth or like speak out of turn, but uh, the Schefter tweet seemed sort of agenty. And it's a little, it'd be a little unsurprising if this did not come directly from Justin Jefferson's camp where here's the unspoken issue that could potentially lengthen Justin Jefferson's absence via Adam Schefter. If the Vikings don't win games and stay competitive, what is Jefferson's incentive to rush back when he did not land the contract he wanted, his absence could last longer than expected. And like, I mean, literally, I mean, I, if that didn't originate from Justin Jefferson's camp, uh, I'm not really sure what to say. It, uh, and it, it seems did. bad if you're the Vikings. It seems bad. Yeah, look, I, I, it is, it is a possibility that you have to allow for. I think, okay, and I'm, I'm going to be, folks, I'm going to be as objective and cool, calm, and collected as possible because I got a little wild on Twitter and with this Jefferson Denny stuff. Carter? Come on, man. And I have, I have paid dearly, folks, paid dearly. Uh, <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I do think that it is it is possible that, that Jefferson is going to be out for a long time. That's, that's what I'll say. Kevin Seifert of ESPN, who covers the Vikings, um, said that uh, Jefferson will not, quote, feel rushed to come back from injured reserve. I think that plus the Schefter thing, I, it kind of points to you know more than more than four weeks now. Now, if the Vikings, and Denny, it's kind of seeming like our guy might not feel rushed. I feel I feel like there will be no rushing. I feel no. like he will his that hamstring will have to be one hundred and ten percent, folks, for him to come back. Uh, now, if the Vikings over the next four weeks win a few games and get back into the thick of things, if that happens, I think Jefferson comes back sooner rather than later. But if it all falls to pieces, they're one in four right now. Now, this is where real football actually affects fantasy, okay? Like like actual real football stuff. They're one in four, three games out for the lead in the NFC North, right? They're talking about blowing it up. I mean, not they, but you know, folks are talking about blowing it up. If they lose the next two or three games, it's Jover. Like, like they're they're not they're not doing anything. Like this season is almost already lost. So what incentive does Jefferson have? to come back to that mess which is a little similar again not to cast dispersions we don't really know what happened with this situation last year but somewhat similar to the lamar jackson situation last season where bitter contract acrimony hints that the player maybe could have returned earlier we never got confirmation that for all we know lamar was seriously truly hurt but it seemed like there was a little bit of that going on and this already openly talking about it um, not very great if you're a fantasy manager the four game stretch that he's currently guaranteed to miss is the Bears, the 49ers, thankfully at home, 49ers, the -hmm. Packers and the Falcons. Three of those games are road games. A lot of somewhat winnable matchups there. Even the Packers' defense is very up and down. They could go three and one on that stretch. If they go three and one, they'll be like four and five, I think. That might be I will return now territory for Justin Jefferson. But yeah, a lot riding. They, They need to beat the Chicago Bears this weekend pretty badly. I I think that that's, you know, that would be a, a good test of whether this is going to go the right way or the wrong way for Jefferson's return. So getting it further into the fallout, 
It is the Bears this weekend. The Bears, even though they beat the Commanders, are just bleeding fantasy points. I mean, like yeah, just right. hemorrhaging fantasy production. It is Mr. Prolific, Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins, this is not his first rodeo. He didn't he didn't become Kirk Cousins with Justin Jefferson. He's always been a hashtag ball slinger. Likes to throw it all over the yard, frequently to the other team, didn't he? Uh, can Kirk Cousins remain a QB1? And this week are Jordan Addison and KJ Osborne, both wide receiver threes, a.k.a. in the top 36. To answer your first question, it seems impossible that you can lose the best player in the NFL and still the best receiver in the NFL and still be a QB one. But I think that the nature of this Vikings offense and importantly, the nature of the Minnesota defense, which the nature is bad, uh, that, that I think that he can still have, you know, borderline QB one numbers. And by that, I mean like top 12, if we're talking about 12 team leagues. So definitely not elite production, but I'm, I'm guessing that you're not going to find a, a superior option on the waiver wire as for the the receivers uh, uh addison and kj osborne so kj osborne is reportedly going to take the x role that had been previously inhabited by justin jefferson i will never just take the x role the, he's taken it and uh and it's because he has quote experience in quote the system <laughs> uh look kj osborne probably a fine fellow uh not particularly great Okay, he has a uh, four, he's been targeted on fourteen percent of his routes this year. That's abysmal. Um, uh, just to just to give folks an idea of what kind of chunk of the uh, receiving game that Justin Jefferson is taking with him, twenty six percent of the targets and thirty eight percent of the team's air yards leave with Jefferson. I would think, and I'm sure I'm not alone, that Jordan Addison is going to take most, uh, not most, but a big chunk of those air yards. Okay. Addison is second on the team in air yard rate. Um, I, I think Addison becomes a very interesting play with a even higher ceiling than he's had lately. Osborne is a floor PPR option. And then Brandon Powell would be the wide receiver three, mostly primarily in the slot um, as a deeper league PPR option. Powell is a little bit, a little bit interesting. Okay. Yes. I, I do want to say just just I have some numbers on Powell if I could share those real quick. Um, first of all, he's a fifth year receiver, never really had a role on a team, so he has that going for him. Oh, that's great. Uh, you know, he ran 14 routes against Kansas City on Sunday. He was targeted six times, and he operated primarily from the slot. Now, the, the issue with Powell is that I don't know how much he's going to get on the field because the Vikings are only 16th in uh, uh, three wide receiver sets. Okay, 54 percent of their plays are, three, are in three receiver sets. I could see them doing something like shifting heavy hard to the two tight end sets right which means that Powell doesn't see the field a whole lot so just monitor that I have been rumors that it's going to be josh oliver season for the vite not rumors speculation yeah sure literally literally no rumors whatsoever <laughs> to that effect just <laughs> people speculating on twitter i do think though it's gonna be old habits dying hard for the vikings and I, I think as the season gets more desperate, I can almost see the three receiver rate going up without Justin mm -hmm. Jefferson, just as they become more desperate and having to throw. I mean, maybe this not in this four game slate, but I don't think they signed Josh Oliver to be like out on the field, like constantly and 12 person. I mean, he, I guess he kind of already has been. Yeah. I mean, he, he, they, they gave him a lot of money for what it's they didn't give him a lot of money, but it wasn't to catch passes. No, it wasn't. And I guess even in 12 personnel though, it's not gonna be like they need him to catch a bunch of bad. I'm ball nowhere, by the way. Yeah, well, uh, look, he he could be interesting. I think the main takeaway besides Addison 
is that TJ Hawkinson is going to see an ungodly number of targets. Yes. With I, uh, to be honest, I think KJ Osborne is too. We've because we've seen this from KJ. KJ Osborne has very seamlessly slid into the, P, the Vikings PPR scam two or three times in his career, and a guy that you don't ever think is good but has two fifty yard receiving two fifty catch seasons to his name. He had twelve touchdowns actually over the past two years coming into this season. They are very, very comfortable. I don't think that's lip service. I think that he will be out there every snap. Obviously, not that I'm breaking news with that, but he's gonna be out there essentially every snap and commanding way, way. I mean, again, not that I'm breaking news, but the target share is gonna go way up to maybe like 25. What was Justin Jefferson's? 26. Okay, maybe more like 20. percent I was thinking Justin Jefferson would be like 30 percent or something, but I guess no, he re- he really wasn't like he wasn't in that like Devonte Adams. Well, usually what is Devonte Adams range? But yeah, I, KJ Osborne is a must add. I mean, again, not that I'm breaking any news here, but this team, I don't think the Vikings are going to suddenly have some huge philosophical shift, so, especially when when the other options are Josh Oliver, Alexander Madison, and Cam Akers, like. And especially we've just seen how difficult it is for teams that aren't coached by Nick Sirianni to change their offensive approach midseason. They say, I can't do it. What, yes. what do you want me to do? You want me to just well, play different? No, I can't do right. that. Um, no, we can't. Never... can't do that. Uh, you know, I, I, do you think Jordan Addison is a must start in 12 team leagues? I think Jordan Addison, he'll be I think, I think not he a is. must start. He's going to be in the top 36. So, when you're saying he's a wide receiver three, you're essentially saying he's a must start. I do think Jordan Addison might disappoint some people. Really? And they're mm-hmm. going to be stunned the degree to which the Vikings rely on KJ Osborne. The yeah, all important, that'll, that'll be me. That'll be the me. all important system knower of KJ Osborne. He's, he knows a system inside. You've <laughs> never seen a guy know a system like this. No, you, we've looked into it. No one knows a, any system more than no. KJ Osborne knows the Vikings. So, I do think Jordan Addison is a wide receiver three. When you say wide receiver three, that's usually a must start, especially in like a two flex league. He's a must start, but I, KJ Osborne's going to be no laughing matter. I'm that. I have Addison in a couple leagues and I am just beyond excited for the next month. Uh, because I, I think that he can get those intermediate targets that can smooth over the rough weeks where he doesn't catch the long ball or the touchdown. Uh, yeah, that's what we're looking for. Kirk Cousins' trade speculation was raging even before Justin Jefferson got injured. And this was, again, speculation, not really rumors. There have been some sourced reports on it. And one was pretty interestingly worded, I believe, from NFL Network's Tom Pelissero, where said they weren't trading him right now. Right now. He was real indignant. He was on TV like, uh, they just don't even know where this is coming from. Like, they've never even thought about this. Like, this is not even literally a possibility right now. And then they just, like moved on to the, ne- the next segment. Like, oh, did he just? That was kind of an odd yeah, qualifier this, to slip in at the end. Right at this very second, it is not a possibility. Yeah. yeah uh, so in in one more second, it could be, but at this second, no. In the NFL, for whatever reason, it's a league that it's, it has decided it's extremely difficult to trade players like Kirk Cousins in the middle of the season. But were Kirk Cousins to be traded, Denny Carter, where would you want him to go? Have you had time to even think about this, by the way? Um, I mean. Jets. It's the Jets. You know? We got to have someone. Garrett Wilson cannot be this version of Garrett Wilson. We need someone. For some first off, Kirk Cousins. I, I think the Jets, the difference in outcomes for the Jets with Kirk Cousins and Zach Wilson would be like way smaller than people think. Oh, like he'll no. come in and just be ah. Kirk Cousins. He's going to come in ah. and just be Kirk Cousins. You're such Red a Red zone hater. interceptions, fumbles. You're such a hater, dude. Well, come how on. How can you not be? 
How can Come you not on, be? he is can he is Montana be? compared to Zach Wilson. He is, but it, he's Montana compared to Zach Wilson in the box score. Compared to Zach Wilson and like the actual winning games, there's there's a difference. Uh, it's not like monumental. Well, good and bad things are the same. They actually, with Kirk Cousins, good and bad things are the exact same. How have people not realized this by now? There is no know, difference man. between good and bad. Kirk All right, well, look, I forget about the real football stuff. If if Cousins were to be traded to uh, to the Jets, Garrett Wilson becomes a locked in wide receiver one. Yes, Brees Hall becomes a, a potential, well, not a potential, a top two or three option throughout the season. It's it's ama- It would be amazing for the Jets. It would be amazing. It would be so he would really help in that regard. He'd really help in fantasy, which is the only thing we care about. The other stuff, I think the Jets fans, uh, he would they wouldn't be calling him captain very long. I don't think. <sighs> I don't think he'd be a popular guy in New York City, Kirk, and I think Kirk Cousins. Would hate New York City. I don't think that he would enjoy himself. Yes. No, he would not enjoy himself, but we'll put a bow on our Vikings talk. Really, really. So, Justin Jefferson, uh, that's the worst news of the week. It's going to be the worst news of essentially any fantasy week when the number one overall player gets injured. But Devin Achan nipping at his heels in terms of just the absolute last news we wanted to hear. One of the most exciting players to come around in some time. He was running unsustainably hot, but he was essentially playing a position that didn't exist before as the running back. They get running at Olympic speeds behind the line of scrimmage before the ball is even snapped. Like that position basically did not exist before he's now injured. He seems out several weeks. By the time you heard this, he might be on injured reserve and out at least four weeks. Seems out for several weeks though. And really bad news for a player with his skill set. where the entire point of him is that like track style speed, like anything's going to slow him down. Something like this was unfortunately probably inevitable with a player of his size. So bad news that he's out. What is the fallout for the Dolphins offense? Who it's not like the Dolphins offense is in trouble because they were cooking, of course, in the game and a half, even before Devin Achan became a huge factor. But just what is the fallout for the Miami Dolphins offense? Yeah, I think they just, you know, go back to Mostert as the lead back. And then Jeff Wilson, who come off of injured reserve soon. He is he's a system knower. We talk about KJ Osborne. You want to talk about a guy who knows a system. Jeff Wilson knows the hell out of the Dolphin system. Okay. I mean, wow, that's a knower of systems there. Uh, so <laughs> Jeff Wilson should be picked up, I think, in every every 12 team league, maybe even 10 teams. He needed to be added, frankly, even before Devin Achan got injured. And this yeah. just cements like we have to be rostering Jeff Wilson. I like I do like the the um tweets that you see th- this time of year where people are shaming fantasy players for saying if will if Jeff Wilson's available in your league, shame on you. Relax. Turn on the news lately. I don't know. Is that big of a deal? Like some, you know, some people only check their team like a couple times a week, folks. Yeah, I know. It happens. We and have not been rostering Jeff Wilson since the second Reagan administration. Right. Oh well, what are you doing with your life? Mm-hmm. Well, you're living your life. Uh, you're not checking your team. Anyway, yeah, uh, I, I do want to just just a, an appreciation for Devon Achan real quick. Uh, over three games, this guy has, I mean, this actually sounds made up, 455 rushing yards in three games, okay? I don't really even understand that number in three games. He has, he's averaging seven and a half uh, yards per carry after contact, after contact, okay? So like you said, getting the fastest guy alive uh, in motion before he gets the ball seems to be quite effective uh, here. 
Um, but the, the Dolphins rushing game and their offensive line has been really, really good this season. And I think, I mean, honestly, if you if you have Mostert, it's been a little disappointing to watch Achan, you know, seize the reins of that backfield. Well, it's you know how the turntables have turned, <laughs> and and uh, and Mostert is back in RB one range, I think. Devin Achan has thirty eight NFL carries, and he is averaging twelve point one yards on them. Uh, pretty hard to do. That's a lot. Pretty, that, that like doesn't happen even in like the MAC, no the Mountain West. It doesn't. It does I, I was going to call him, you know, I went, I was going to call him Jamal Charles, but even he, you know, he's better than Jamal Charles was early in his career. Yeah. Seriously playing almost like a new position. Raheem Mostert is back in the top 10, at least for this week. But Raheem Mostert has all the same problems he had before. He's a straight line guy. He's very fast like Devin H. Han, but he's not shifty no. like Devin H. Han. Devin H. Han again, playing his own position. Raheem Mostert can be threatened. In short yarded situations by Jeff Wilson, he wore down very badly as last season wore on. He's over 30. He's one of the lengthiest injury histories in the entire league. People, I'm sure, were like trying to, quote, sell high on Devin Achan, uh, the most exciting player in fantasy. Got to get him off my team immediately. Oh, got to cash in that value. I would I would think about selling high on Raheem Mostert is where that was going, though. Okay. Yeah. Because uh, with the guy of that injury history and just, yeah, the way he wore down last year. I would be thinking about selling high immediately in Raheem Mostert. That's a good call, I think. Uh, it is It is funny how we try to outsmart ourselves, where it's like, oh, I have the most valuable player in fantasy. I'm going to get rid of him. Yeah, I have a friend who is absolutely reeling. He is like the biggest wheeler dealer I've ever come across in fantasy football. I think it was the same trade. He traded Puka and Achan like two weeks ago. No. And he was, he's been, he's been in shambles. <laughs> no, he's, he's been in shambles. And I, I, you know, I made that mistake with Arian Foster w- during his really hot start oh, yeah. to his first big year. Yeah. And I said, well, this can't last. I'm trading this guy for a bunch of other guys. And uh, that, uh, that hurt. I will never get over that. Never get over it. No. Yeah. You never do. Never, ever do. But yeah, Jeff Wilson, Jeff Wilson might not even come back this week. He is practicing. So Jeff Wilson practicing. I guess some of Monday Night Football. Though, do we really have to? Yeah, sure. Um, what was the score of this game? Ugh, man, what a tough, tough watch. I mean, uh, Josh McDaniels got away with it, folks. He got yeah. away with it. 17-13, to 13, the Las Vegas Raiders outlasting the Green Bay Packers and Las Vegas, Nevada. The Packers had a shot at a – essentially, I believe it would have been a walk-off touchdown. To, I don't know how much time was left. Christian Watson – Man, they were so. I have Christian Watson in a bonus league, a yardage bonus league, also a distance scoring league. And he got his hands on like three other deep targets in addition to the 77 yard one he did catch and then did not house. It's a rough night if you had Christian uh, Watson in that kind of league. Uh, and we have on this show, we have been talking about Jordan Love being very inaccurate and. Yes. And I think that came through. Now he's gotten away with it many times this season, but last night he didn't. He missed he missed some throws that he frankly should have made quite easily, and it cost the team. And for fantasy purposes, it was catastrophic for everybody involved. Well, so what do we do with this Packers receiver core? Where it looked like things might be surprisingly fine to begin the year, but as you said on the show, we talked about like again, not that we had a groundbreaking analysis on this. Like I don't think his touchdown rate can remain. Well, anywhere close to the league leading number it is right now. What do we do with these receivers? We haven't seen them all healthy at the same time. Right now is the first time 
Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, and Jaden Reed have even been healthy at the same time. Is Watson the only startable one? How high is his weekly floor in the rankings? What do we do with Dobbs, Reed, I guess even Luke Musgrave, et cetera? Right. So in the two game, the past two games, uh, Christian Watson, of course, Christian Watson was limited in his first game. But even, even though he was limited in that first game back, he has 38% of the air yards that leads the team. Dobbs has 28%. Um, Dobbs has you know, way more targets, 17 targets to 11 for, for Watson. Uh, but Dobbs is seeing a lot of the you know, intermediate and short area targets, whereas Watson's seeing all of the downfield stuff from Jordan Love. Eventually you have to believe that those, that those start to hit a little more. I mean, he did hit one, he hit one yesterday or uh, against the, against the Raiders. So he has that going for him. But uh, uh, we do, we do have a situation I think where Dobbs had been running super high. He was in the regression files, I think three times already this year. And I'm trying, I was trying to get people's attention and say, folks, uh, he's not going to keep scoring three yard touchdowns. (laughs) It's just not going to happen. And so, so Dobbs, I think, is like a wide receiver three ish, maybe going forward. At most, I would say. At most, yeah. wide receiver four. And uh, Reed is not playable. Um, you know, Reed, Reed is only playing, uh, is only running half the routes in the in the offense. Um, so you know, and Musgrave just because of the nature of the. Tight yeah, I guess end Musgrave is really kind of the question mark. Like, is, yeah, can you push I, for tight end one value. I kind of doubt it, but I, I tight end one. I mean, that's not. I mean, if he scores some a few touchdowns, you know, he's gonna he's gonna do it. But uh, um, he's not. He's not actually. Oh, because of the concussion. I'm sorry. The, his his numbers are skewed over the last two games because of the concussion he suffered in week four, but. Um, I, I doubt that you're going to find much on the waiver wire. I mean, maybe, maybe I'd play Logan Thomas over Musgrave for a while, yeah, but absolutely for sure. I, I played Jonu Smith over Musgrave. Musgrave okay. basically isn't a thing. I mean, five starts. Jordan loves completed 16 or fewer passes in three of them. And he's a 55% passer right now. And that, and that scans the eye test. It's not like a misleading, like, Oh, they're having them attempt a lot of difficult throws, which they kind of are. They are having him throw deep fairly often, but even on the non-difficult throws, like, why was that so inaccurate from Jordan? Well, and, and that and that that is accounted for in his uh, completion rate over expected, which is very low. It's bottom four in the league right now. Yeah, so this is not a place. I, Christian Watson, almost wide receiver two, I would say, is a boom bust type guy. Where the, the air yards are really cool, and he converted some of them last night. Very, very so. I know wide receiver two is probably too ambitious for Christian Watson. After I say that out loud, I mean when he goes off, it's going to be fun. But you are you're you're going to have some rough outings. Just just know that the Christian Watson experience is going to be a little bit up and down. Very up and down. Any final thoughts on this game? I mean, I don't know what the. I don't uh, think anyone knows what's going on with Aaron Jones. So um, I, any, I, I'm sorry. No, no, sorry. Any final thoughts on Packers Raiders? I think that the whole Jacoby Myers thing is very real. Um, you know, our friend Chris Harris said in the offseason, he said, Jacoby Myers is the perfect receiver for Jimmy Garoppolo. And that made a lot of sense to me with, with uh, the type of targets that Myers gets and the type of throws that uh, you know Jimmy Garoppolo traditionally makes, which are the, the, the most risk-free intermediate. The one uh, type of throw that he makes. And, and so that, that actually that, that made a lot of sense. Thank you, Chris, for saying that because I got some Myers on my best ball teams. Not uh, – you know, not to say my best ball teams are great because they had all, they all had Anthony Richardson. So whatever. Um, 
But I, I do think, you know, Myers is like kind of exciting, honestly, wide receiver two at this point. And the the targets that he's taking away from Devontae Adams are beginning to be an issue. Yeah, I think he has. If he's not officially crashed the top 24, the wide receiver two ranks, he's almost there. Devontae, I know Devontae Adams had a hurt shoulder, but you get this man four targets in a revenge game. Like, Josh McDaniels does not understand human psychology, like, at all. <laughs> Like I know that they had they had Jair Alexander, but give me a friggin' break! Like honestly, like just give me a friggin' break! Like you do not understand human psychology. If you were not Jair Alexander's been hurt like half the year. If you can't get Devontae Adams more than four targets against this former team, you're not going to be a head coach in the NFL very long. You do not have the respect of these players. He already doesn't have the respect of these guys. You don't understand what it's all about. Basically, honestly, just pathetic. Uh, I don't know why I'm getting so yeah, keep upset going, about man. this, but yeah, keep, like keep, keep truly, truly pathetic stuff pathetic. from Josh McDaniels. It, was it good or bad? <laughs> there was a big difference between good or bad things in this case with Josh McDaniels and Devontae Adams, who just trade him. They said Tuesday morning they're probably not going to trade him. Just right. trade him. He hates you. You don't like him because he wasn't good for you before you got there. He was already good. And we've established before with Josh McDaniels, you have the audacity to be good before he got to town, that's a real big problem. It is. Real, real but also, problem. why did Devontae Adams go to the Raiders? This is this is my question. I mean, did he not know about the Raiders? Because I knew about the Raiders. I know. He could have read a Wikipedia once. You uh, don't win with the Raiders. That's kind of how it goes. Could have read Wikipedia one single time. <laughs> Aaron Jones, by the way, what the heck is going on with this guy? I was going on with the Packers injury management. I don't know, man. But I, I needed two points from Aaron Jones last night, and I had and I and I was stuck. I couldn't do anything. I had to eat the loss. He, then he took the L. You said you would never take the L. I had to take the L. I was forced. <laughs> you had to take the L. Uh, we have to take a quick break, and then we will be right back after this. Bills Mafia will be out in full force this Sunday evening when Josh Allen and company take on Daniel Jones. We think, as long as his neck feels good and the Giants in Buffalo, New York, upstate New York. Coverage of the game begins at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on NBC and Peacock. And don't forget, find all your favorite NBC sports shows on Amazon Music by heading to amazon.com slash NBC Sports. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Dive into the start of summer at Whole Foods Market. Check out their summer splash event with sales on fresh organic produce, organic strawberries, and a fan-favorite sale on Ben & Jerry's and Talenti. Explore deals on grill-friendly meats like organic air-chilled chicken breast, beef and chicken kebabs, all with no antibiotics ever from our meat department. Plus, grab easy sides from prepared foods and cool off with refreshing drinks. Kick off your summer and shop in store or online at Whole Foods Market today. Well, I'm talking about the Colts, Denny. A lot, a lot going on with those Indianapolis Colts where we knew Jonathan Taylor was going to be snap-counted, rationed in his 2023 debut but we also knew, yeah, he's paid him $14 million a year. He is healthy. They made that clear. He'd been healthy for like two or three weeks. 
maybe we can slide him in there as an RB2 and hope he busts one of his patented long runs or two. Being snap counted turned into 23 carries for 165 yards and two touchdowns for Zach Moss. Uh, the snap count we weren't told was going to come with a career day for what had been, been becoming a journeyman running back, someone who could not have success with Josh Allen. What in the world do we make of this like, really, really just truly bizarre situation where we have the newly minted top three or four paid running back in the NFL and then his backup, who has just been uh, amazing in his absence? Yeah, uh, and I have to say that Zach, congratulations to Zach Moss for being the worst process play in fantasy history. You have, <laughs> yes, you know, yes. an RB2 on his own team, uh, you know, at least that was our belief headed into the week against the league's best rush defense. Okay. And he goes off, uh, he gets 27 carries. Oh, no, you didn't even mention, too, with like the dual threat quarterback we knew was starting yes. the game and going to vulture goal line carries. Yes, Tw- 23 carries, 165, two touchdowns. Jonathan Taylor was in for six snaps. He saw uh, he saw a rush attempt on all six of those snaps for 18 yards. Uh, man, you know, I, I guess if there's going to be a ramp-up period, I guess you can kind of still play Moss, maybe. Uh, who, who are you ranking higher for week six? I think you Moss? have to rank. Jonathan you Taylor. Moss, I think. No, I'm go running him back with the, the John really? Taylor rank. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, I, that was the ramp up period. One, game, especially Jonathan Taylor. Now is going to be after he saw that happen. Yeah. You know, in practice, this week, I'm ready. I'm ready. Like I'm ready. He's going to be acting yeah. extra, extra ready in practice this week. Well, hopefully, and, I hope so. And I'm going to keep ranking Jonathan Taylor ahead of Zach Moss until morale improves. Basically, <laughs> I, I I will say that the the Colts went super run heavy, and I guess it's because because they were gouging Tennessee for some reason. Um, their drop back uh, over expected rate was negative twelve against the Titans. Okay, like that that just doesn't happen. But they played the ultimate pass funnel, and and they 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 operated like Arthur Smith's offense. That probably happened because. They are like a run-based offense to begin with, just with the quarterback they have. And they were having success, like you said, but then also changing quarterbacks midstream. They probably didn't want to – against Mike Vrabel. I know they're a pass funnel, but Mike Vrabel would probably be like, oh, hell yeah, Gardner Minshew's in the game. Like we are definitely forcing at least two fumbles. Yeah. And so that was probably one reason why they stayed super, super run-heavy. It's about the Jaguars this weekend. Four-and-a-half-point underdogs on the road. I don't know what to do with this, to be honest. What kind of defense are the Jags? Do they have any trends emerging? They're somewhat solid overall defense. I don't know what kind of funnel they are. Right. Uh, They've been nails against the run lately. I mean, some of their, some of their rush defense metrics are a little, a little iffy, a little squishy, but, uh, but overall they they have been good. And this, this game, this Jags Colts game in week one was, was fun for fantasy. I think it can be again, uh, just to, as a reminder, when uh, Gardner Minshew started against the Ravens in week three, uh, the the Colts were pretty run heavy. I'm sorry, pretty pass heavy. Sorry. Uh, and, and they also played fast, played real fast. It led to a lot of targets uh, for Josh Downs and Michael Pittman. I think Downs and Pittman, in the, I mean, I've talked about this on the show before. Like if Minshew is under center and they're chasing points, Minshew's not going to rush at all, so he's not, you know, he's not going to take away those pass attempts that Richardson was t- taking away with his rushing. I think Pittman and Downs become become super interesting in twelve team leagues. I think Downs is in the top forty this week. Pittman, it's weird. Pitt, Pittman's floor is stabilized with Gardner Minshew, but 
I feel like any ceiling odds he had are just gone. It's a weird thing. I thought I'd have him ranked higher this week, but so far I actually haven't ranked lower. Because receivers getting a little deeper finally. We have we've had a lot of new faces kind of crash the top 30. I can't quite decide what to do with Michael Pittman. The, the baseline is definitely higher, but is the ceiling exist with Gardner Minshew? It's kind of what I've been wondering with Michael Pittman. Yeah, I, I do I do get the sense that um it, unless things go really haywire in this game, that the Colts are going to be forced to drop back a lot. They are. So, again, five-point dogs almost on the road. Again, without Anthony Richardson, I think we just talked about the fallout. Of Anthony. Anything to add about what the, how this offense is going to look without Anthony? Again, Anthony Richardson, four appearances, and he's had three injuries, and like three unique and separate injuries. So the, bear case, we, the bowl case was looking remarkably good coming to fruition when Anthony Richardson has been healthy, but the bear case that he's inexperienced, he does not have regard for his own body as a dual threat is really, really come to fruition. And he's just taking mammoth hits and not sustainable the way he's playing quarterback, essentially, I would say. Yeah. I like how the, after the post-game report was that the x-rays came back negative uh, and now he may need surgery and could miss the rest of the year. Well, it's, I don't even know why we report on x-rays anymore. They all they, Here's what an x-ray amounts to in the NFL. Well, he needs an MRI because the x-ray didn't show us anything. Right. And like, I'm not even sure why they even still use the x-ray machine. we got to expose him to some radiation, folks. Dang. And, man, it's a, and that just stinks. It does stink. Uh, but, man, it was like so predictable. Like, why just to stop taking huge hits? I don't know. I don't know if it was predictable. I mean, there are lots of Russian quarterbacks who never take take hits. They are, but he had so little experience. Like, what, he had played like 12 games in the SEC? Yeah, that's it, true. It wasn't like Trey Lance level of inexperience, but right. he was making quite the leap on quite the limited number of games. I, I And maybe his size. I mean, as our own Kyle Dvorak has said, he's Derrick Henry playing quarterback. Maybe his size kind of tricked him into thinking that he could just be walloped by anybody and be okay. Um, you know, a guy like like Lamar, you know, he avoids big hits at all costs and good for him, you know, because he, he can't take those hits because he's a little wiry, right? I, I think the so, Colts needed to do a better job protecting Anthony Richardson, basically because that inexperience factor. And the legs are going to be what ultimately makes him special in the NFL. But the, to our chagrin, I think they should have not focused on them so much these first few weeks. Because as the guy's like learning the NFL ropes, it just seemed like a bad idea. And so far, it has been a very, very bad idea. It is. It's tough. It's very tough for fans, for fantasy managers, for the Colts. It's tough. You mentioned the Baltimore Ravens twice there, by the way. Is John Harbaugh, are we ever going to call this guy out for being Brandon Staley, like upmarket Brandon Staley, basically, where he's just finding new and creative ways to lose games? And unlike Brandon Staley, there's usually some sort of alibi, like, well, Ravens probably shouldn't have dropped 22 passes in this game, which they did drop eight. Seven, was, eight? Yeah. yeah. Stunning. But how does this keep happening to John Harbaugh? Could this really be bad luck at this point that every close game, John Harbaugh John Harbaugh has lost five of his past six games to the Steelers. Like, what, what is going on here with this guy? Well, this I, I think, you know, I mean, from a non-analytical standpoint, I think the Steelers get up for the Ravens game. Okay. Well, why like don't the Ravens get up for it? Everyone knows know. it's like the nastiest rivalry. I don't know, but hey, look, the St- that was the Super Bowl for the Steelers. Congratulations on winning the Super Bowl, Pittsburgh. Um, because that that's it. I mean, that, you're not getting any more big games than that. 
uh, and, and you know the Ravens will be fine. If 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 will they be fine? I mean, fine. I, I don't know, man. It's the same Ravens team like the past four years. No, they'll be fine. Look, Pat, we're not even having this conversation if one of those touch touchdown drops are, are caught instead. You know, they think that and and it happens. It happens. Just stop. I would what I would suggest to the Ravens: stop putting canola oil on your gloves you say it happens it just seems to happen every week for the ravens but there's some reason they lose when they should not i mean they've already lost the colts well the 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 vibe we talk about the vibe with the ravens is is off very very, i think they just need a leadership change where john harbaugh one of the better coaches of the 21st century but it just seems like that he said all he can say and that he he should remain an nfl head coach but probably for a different team and that they might need a change of direction and that he's, he's taking it to the absolute max. In maybe, maybe I don't, I think that's a, that's a little bit of a reach. I think Harbaugh could be coach for life if he wanted to in, in Baltimore. Um, uh, I, I, it looks to, it looks to me like the team doesn't really, really want to be on the field. Like no. they, like, like Jackson, you said, Jackson looks miserable. You, you had the, the very famous Tim Robinson, me, <laughs> Where he said it looked like the Ravens don't even want to be around anymore. I think this is a game that they had won a few weeks ago. And I just don't understand you know, why they are. The name of that character is Carl Havoc. They are Carl Havocing so hard this year. Have you considered wanting to be around anymore? Like, have you that? I mean, look at there are certain teams that do not want to be around anymore. The Ravens are one. The Vikings are absolutely one. No Vikings. one on the Vikings wants to be around anymore. Oh, the Vikings, they, they're, they're Carl Havocking for the rest of the season, for okay. sure. Um, but uh, Denny doesn't like the Tim Robinson show, by the way. Absolutely unbelievable. The only <laughs> show of the past 20 years, and Denny doesn't like it. Um, anyways, got a few more topics to get to. The Cincinnati Bengals, are they back? Joe Burrow pushed off his calf once, Denny. <laughs> Against the Arizona Cardinals, and we Stop. said he was back. Oh my god! <laughs> uh, More than that, it was a really good game for Joe Burrow. Still kind of inefficient, but finally making big plays. He was kind of finally scrambling around a little bit. He was finally putting pressure on that injured calf. One game, we kind of had a false. They're back after almost losing to the Rams. Beat the Cardinals much more convincingly. Now they have the Seahawks, then they have their bye for a humongous game against the 49ers. Did you see enough to declare the Bengals back in week five? Sorry, I'm still I'm, I'm, I'm trying I'm trying struggling to get over the uh Raven situation. Yeah. Uh so <laughs> yeah, I do think that uh the you know pass rate over expected for the Bengals pointed to to them being probably back. They were 12% over their expected pass rate against the uh against the Cardinals. So they were really letting it rip. Um and I think that that's that's a good thing. I think, you know, you watch the games. I grind the film and I watched the game and I saw that Joe, Joe Burrow was scrambling and he was running around and he was pushing off that calf plenty. So he looked, he actually looked way different, I think, way different than, than he had. Um, you know, hey, look, if you held out hope and you have Burrow, you, you can play. We, we said last week, you got to see it. I, and I still, I stick by that. You, you had to see it. You really did. You really, really and, did. And, and, and then, and so you saw it. So now you go ahead with Burrow, I think. Um, and if you have Chase, uh, you're looking forward to like nuclear performances uh, for as long as T. Higgins is out. I, just, I have a really dumb, like casual fan thought, but this it, it's so crazy how often, but there's a situation like Jamar Chase and T. Higgins 
where clearly Jamar Chase is the better player, even though T. Higgins is really good. But T. Higgins is also very good, so he gets a huge piece of the target pie. And I just feel like so often happens that the very good player in T. Higgins goes out, the elite player plays, goes totally nuclear, it's better overall for everyone, and that just it's even I think it just shows that even when you have a really good player like T. Higgins, you just need to not you need to focus. So you're never focusing on your star players enough in the NFL. Yeah, I agree. You're just never ever focusing enough on your star players in the NFL. Yeah, and well, I'm not a ball knower, but well, no, players. but it's the, it's the whole idea of like it's that it's not about players; it's about the system. Uh, you know, we, we see this. They're mo- just so mo- obsessed with it now. The so, system, yeah, everything mo- is in service of the system. Right. Most pointedly, we see this in Atlanta, right? And and so it's like it's like everybody's replaceable. No one is a star. Everybody's just doing their job in a system, and if they happen to catch a ball or two, then so be it. But um, I, 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 I do think that, that that's what we have a little bit in Cincinnati because you're right. I mean, Jamar Chase looks like 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 an all time receiver. There's literally time. not even a comparison between him and T. Not that people have said that there is, but the golf we think that just because T. Higgins is a good number two receiver, that like. Like there's not that big of a goal. There's just like a canyon between Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, like an absolute canyon. Yeah, it's not close, obviously. And, and but but I mean, the only time that Jamar Chase looks like an all-time receiver is when T. Higgins is not in the lineup. When he is in the lineup, you're like, oh, please, 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 make one big play because that's all you're gonna. That's the only chance you're gonna get, Jamar if Chase. I, if I were the Bengals, I would maybe simply let Jamar Chase get 250 yards every game. They they honestly they it should be 12 to 15 targets every single. It really game. should. That that is what it comes back to is. There's just no excuse for the players of that caliber to not be getting force-fed target. And you, as you know, the system thing is becoming a hobby horse of mine. As you're tweeting about Arthur Smith, and the system can never fail; it can only be failed. And like, yeah. no man, like, sorry, sometimes players are just way bigger than your system. And Jamar Chase, yeah. is one of them. Yes, that's absolutely. We are on the same page. We're on the same page. We probably won't be on the same page on this final news item because it's kind of hard to know what page to be on with James Conner's injury. Mm. He's out multiple weeks. Really old, undrafted free agent rookie Amari DiMercato seems to be the next man up. But before week five, the next man up was Keontae Ingram. We don't know where he's at with his neck injury. We know that the Cardinals have been putting the entire offense on James Conner's back and that they had to adjust kind of midstream in week five, and it didn't go very well. Mm-hmm. Now they're playing the Rams this week. They're touchdown underdogs on the road. Uh, I guess how – I don't know how high for Amari. What's his name? Demarcado. Amari. What's the first name? Amari Demarcado. How high for him? And uh, I don't know. I was talking about the Cardinals backfield. <laughs> End of the you show. See, you're so excited. Yeah. Carl. Oh Hallig. man. Yeah. Pat loves the Arizona backfield. Look. Yeah. James Conner is going to be up for a long time, folks. Uh, it, it probably four weeks on on IR could could be longer according to reports. So that's going to be that's going to hurt folks who drafted Connor, um, you know, look, I, I actually don't know. Uh, the Cardinals are another sort of informational black hole. As far as reporting goes, we talk about the Falcons being one, you know, we, we don't, we don't know much about what's happening with the Cardinals. Yeah, so, I'm going to go on a real quick. What is up with these enormous Sunbelt markets with like over 5 million yeah. people and they can't find any reporters to cover the teams ever. Yeah. And so we struggle with the Cardinals. Sure. So Keontae Ingram's neck injury I don't know if that's going to be like many more weeks or no more weeks. We're going to have to see his practice participation. 
Um, I, I think this would shape up as an ugly fantasy unfriendly backfield split between Keontae Ingram and a DiMarcado. I, 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 but I, I do. Name? What's his first name, Denny? Emil. Is that not right? <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. Um, Imari. Imari. Uh, Imari. Sorry. Imari. Sorry, Imari. Uh, and, uh, but, but I do think that there's also the possibility that Keontae Ingram just becomes the lead back. I, I, I don't think sure. I'm too far ahead of myself with uh, bidding on, on uh, DiMarcado. <laughs> what's, his first, well, what's his first name? DiMarcado, who we know. We know who that guy is. <laughs> We've heard of him. We um, uh, imagine Imari Di Mercado not being rostered in your league since 2016. You're, like, you're asleep at the wheel. You really even playing fantasy? You call yourself a fantasy player? Like, that's cool. I um, thought you knew ball. I did. Yeah. Th- I thought you knew ball, Denny. You know what season begins on Tuesday, October 10th? Yeah, uh, hockey. Oh man, I was hoping you wouldn't know. Yeah, I saw some people <laughs> jerseys on, and uh, I mean, come really? on, man. It, like, yeah. It, <laughs> I mean, the NHL season. Give me a break. Give me a break. <laughs> like, 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 no game matters until like February. That, that is an enormous problem with the NHL. Come on, is, uh, and, and no, it, nobody's excited about the NHL right now. No, I, I got my my redraft hockey team. I'm real excited. Oh right, I'm dead oh, serious. You're, you're, yeah, I'm you're a hockey, hockey head. I'm a puck head, as they call us. All right, uh, who's in the regression files this week? Mm, good question. Uh, we have Lamar for sure. Um, because man, he is running real cold right now. Um, we have, I sure they'll get, they'll get right on fixing that. I'm sure the, the fifth yeah. week in a row, the Ravens can't possibly be this uninspired. I, I, I hope the Ravens put up 35 points this week just to, just to make you feel bad about yourself. Um, <laughs> D- David and Joku, uh, is, is in there. Uh, the aforementioned Michael Pittman and Josh Palmer. So check it out on Wednesday, the regression files. Really, really good stuff from Denny. We hope you enjoyed listening. Hope you listen on Thursday. Denny will be back with Q&A on Friday. Uh, the rankings going up on Thursday as well. Keep it locked to rotorworld.com. A lot of big injury news. That includes, you mentioned David Njoku. We have no idea if Deshaun Watson is going to be playing this week. Just a lot of really big injury situations. So keep it locked to rotorworld. For Denny, I'm Pat. Thanks for listening. We'll be back later this week. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Dive into the start of summer at Whole Foods Market. Check out their summer splash event with sales on fresh organic produce, organic strawberries, and a fan favorite sale on Ben and & Jerry's and Talenti. Explore deals on grill-friendly meats like organic air-chilled chicken breast, beef and chicken kebabs, all with no antibiotics ever from our meat department. Plus, grab easy sides from prepared foods and cool off with refreshing drinks. Kick off your summer and shop in store or online at Whole Foods Market today.